Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. I hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, episode number 68. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in with us today, wherever you are, and whatever you're doing right this very moment. It means everything to me to share the messages that God lays on my heart to share with you. And uh, no doubt this podcast is just landing in people's ears that he places this podcast into. Um, We're just the uh, vessels that can help get them out. So for those of you that follow this podcast, uh, you know that I've been off for, I don't know, almost two months now. And, you know, it, w- it was needed in, in a spiritual way to take a break from the podcasts and uh, some other endeavors and just simply be still with our God and just focus on Him and the direction that He's wanting for my life. His will be done, not mine. And so with that said, He's given me a word. He's given me a subject, and I'm pressing forward again with these podcast episodes to share with you all and for you to share and pass forward as you... And of course, the Lord sees fit. And as always, I promise you another great show. But more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord, not just another podcast episode. So a quick ask, if you have found or find value in these episodes, would you take just 30 seconds after the show and uh, just go submit a quick review and a star rating in whatever app you listen to this on? And this is what uh, potential listeners look for when deciding whether or not to even give the show a listen. Uh, so if you can, awesome. If you've already done it, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, also spread the words, pass a link on to your friends or family or colleagues that the Lord prompts you to send to. You know, there's so many people that just need to hear these messages and scripture, and God will see to it that it gets to them, you're right? He'll, he'll do the rest. So without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your heart and minds. So today's topic is on, are you seeking man or idols or God in your life? And I know your, your first thought and, uh, and response is God, right? Mine also. However, as we move into these next few minutes uh, that I have with you, we might discover it's been the other way around, regardless of intent. So before I start, for those of you that may have forgotten or those new to the show, these episodes are meant as lessons and convictions that I personally have been taught by the Holy Spirit and God, and I'm passing them along to you and or those that I have struggled with in the past and that he has freed me from. And he's asked for me to feed his sheep with these things that so that he may free you also. Okay, so with that said, we, we being Christians, believe that no matter what, we love God, we love Jesus, we love the, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, and they love us. However, there's something that has likely been happening your entire life. Well, since you became a Christian that you haven't necessarily been consciously aware of, and that is you haven't been following any one of them. In fact, you've been following man more closely than you have them. I know I had been. And the more I get to follow and fellowship with others, the more I've grown and have been convinced that the majority, not all, 
but the majority of professing Christians have been following man or a man more than God and have placed man above God. The Bible calls us an idol. God calls us an idol. The Bible states that anything you or I put before and or above God is your idol. And many of us, in fact, have many idols. And, you know, that won't fare well for us in the end, as we, as we well know. So uh, here's what I mean so I can place some relative context around what I just said. As, as I'm just guessing a number of you might be ready to stop playing this podcast right about now. You see, you've never been told the harsh truth. You know, just, just the sugarcoating on the, on the pulpit or on YouTube. And I'm not here to do that. I'm here to help shake you awake by what is in God's word. The only truth that's ever existed and that ever will exist. So I'm going to ask you this. How do you know God? I'm not referring to why do you believe he exists. I'm asking how do you know him? How? Most professing Christians, and this comes straight from their mouths, the honest ones anyway, since 94%, uh, 4% of them, and it's, it's, it's in a decline at that, don't ever read their Bibles, of which I was one for the first 41 years of my life. And you guessed it. They learned about him and know him by the words spoken of him by their pastor. Or an occasional Bible verse that may, you know, pop up into their social feeds. Does this speak to you right now? You see, people get excited to go to church. By the way, many professing Christians rarely even go to church these days by what by uh, way of more research and studies and surveys. So that's even out of the picture. But people that do go to church these days, they go to hear about God and to feel good. Did you just hear what I said? They go to church for themselves it's themselves they care about it's not necessarily to worship and praise God as we're asked to do on the Sabbath by God and what and whom are we listening to there anyway right a, a few Bible verses if we're lucky and then a man and nowadays it can be a female or even someone the Bible deems as an abomination to Christ in the pulpit who talks about their opinion or their doctrine that they deduce from what they've read in God's word. So you're not even hearing God's word there. You're hearing and listening to and being entertained. Hey, let's call it for what it is. By a man's interpretation of God and his word. Yes, it's that simple and it's that ugly. It's the same exact thing as if you were given a choice, right? Spend an hour with God in a room and learn from him directly in person or go into a room for an hour so that one of his appointed assistants could give you words from him. And then you choose to spend that time, your focus and attention on them instead of picking it directly from God. Yes, and if you're being totally honest with yourself right now, you have to agree. Let's call it for what it is, guys. It's a replacement for God and his word and himself. I've read the Bible from cover to cover for the fourth time this year, and I will every year until the day I go home to be with him. That's not me being legalistic, nor me putting myself on a pedestal. For, for those of you that have been listening to me for uh, some time or even have listened to my testimony, no, I was the sickest person on the face of this planet, the most evil. I'm no better than any of you, and I'll never be. I do this every night because I can't get enough of him. 
Every time I, I read through, I learn countless things. I swear I hadn't even seen before, and it's different every time I read it. It's, it's truly living. And I cannot and will not accept a substitute for God. I will not. I did it my whole life, and I should be in hell for it this very second. I kid you not. And I would have been if I died. In all my life, I haven't heard 99% of what's truly in God's word come out of any single pastor sermon, either in person or online. And to further prove my point, and again, I'm raising my hand, guys. This was me my whole life. How many of us, if we lose our jobs, will first go to God for provision and then have faith and comfort in him that he'll take care of us? How many of us, if we get a bad report from a doctor, perhaps um, you know, a terminally ill disease, the first thing we do is go on bended knee and, and pray to our Father, understanding it's His will be done, and then find comfort that He has His everlasting arms around us. Nothing can separate us from Him or His love for us. And to live is Christ and to die is gain. How many of us, if we had the ocean build up a thousand foot wall on both sides of us and saw the depths of the sea built up around us for us to pass safely to the other side would cry out a shout of praise and thanks to God? Or how many of us would be in sheer terror and panic? How many of us talk to God on a daily, on an hourly? How many of us live for him? Or are we living for ourselves? Do we rely on him for every one of our needs or do we rely on man? The one in the pulpit for, for godly info, the one in the corporate office to pay our paychecks, the st stores to have our food and water to live, our insurance to keep us secure in the event of an accident, our cars to stay running well so we can travel, money in our savings so we can live comfortably and then retire, our doctor to tell us what's right and what's wrong, the pharmacist to prescribe our medications when we're ill. When will we stop trusting man over God? My question is not are we, but when. When will we stop? You see, anything less than a direct relationship with the Father is an idol. Everything we focus more on or place our faith in over God is an idol. And have you ever heard the saying, and no, this is not in the Bible, but the saying goes, the road to hell is often paved with the best intentions. Well, it's true, and it's unbiblical. But something that we can never deny is that nothing will ever truly satisfy us. You and I both know it. Every single time we try to find joy in other things, we're left stranded in the desert. Apart from Christ, from Jesus Christ, there is no eternal joy. Our idols give us this temporary peace and happiness, and then we go back to feeling dull again. I'm speaking to someone here today. When we choose our idols over Christ, we go back feeling worse than before. Christ is everything, or he is nothing. And when you fall on hard times, what's the first thing that you do to ease the pain? There's your idol. Many people eat or watch their favorite shows, etc. They just... Do something to numb the pain, but these are just broken, as the Bible call it, cisterns that don't hold water. You need Christ. I've tried to satisfy me, myself with the things of this world, probably all of them, many times over, and they left me dead inside. They left me begging for Christ, and I didn't even know it. 
They left me more broken than before. Like I said, I should be in hell right now. There is no other way to put it. Nothing, nothing can compare to the joy of Jesus Christ. He says, come drink this water and you will never thirst again. Why do we choose things over Christ when he gives us an open invitation to come to him? Jesus wants to satisfy you. Just like cigarettes, idols should have a warning label on them. They come at a cost. They make you thirsty again, and they blind you from what Christ has to offer. Idols are dead. Idols are mute. They're loveless. They, the, the idols hold us back from moving on. Why choose something that never loved you over someone who died to have a relationship with you? It's not too late. You can repent now and set your heart on Jesus Christ. If there's a chain that needs to be broken in your life, then look to Christ who breaks every chain. We should be like that Samaritan woman. It's in John 4. So we should be excited for what Christ has to offer. Instead of giving our attentions to what the world has to offer, let's look to Christ and, and actually worship him. So the following are verses that back this up. Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Not may not, cannot hold water. John 4, 13 to 15, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then that woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to drink water. Ecclesiastes 1.8, everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Man, that sounds like today, doesn't it? John 7.38, to the one who believes in me, it is just as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And lastly, Philippians 4, 12 to 13. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I'm raising my hand. Man, I could say this. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Man, I hope you guys are living that right now. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You will become like what you worship, okay? Those who spend their lives worshiping God are filled with the spirit and it's evident in their life. When you make something your idol, you become consumed by it. So what do you mostly talk about? There is your idol. What do you mostly think about? There's your idol. Worship is a powerful thing. It changes your entire being. And sadly, worship is, is, is used for bad more than good these days. Why do you think teens are dre dressing the way they are? To say immodestly is an understatement of the century. Their gods are on TV. They're dressing immodestly. Why do you think women are, and men are seeking plastic surgeons? They want to look like their idols. The more that you're influenced by your idol, the less content you become. And our idols tell us we're not good enough the way we are. That's why many people try to look and act like their favorite celebrities. Idols don't know your worth, but Christ thought you were to die for. 
And it's a horrible thing once we fall into the trap of worshiping things over God because you get deeper and deeper involved in them. And this is one of the reasons that it's hard for those who are involved in like voodoo and black magic and, and all the, the, those pagan to turn from their wickedness. Idol worship blinds you to the truth. And for many of us, idols have become a way of life and we probably have been so consumed by them, we didn't even know that they'd become our idols. Psalms 115.8 says, those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. Man, that's, that's scary. In Colossians 3.10, and, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, who's the creator of the image that you're worshiping. Idols separate us from God, okay? There are many, many believers who are uh, spiritually dry because they've replaced God with other things. They feel like something is missing in their life. I hope I'm talking to somebody out there today. I know I am because God wouldn't put me in the position to speak this through a microphone because I do not know what's on the other side of the speakers here, but I do know he does. And there's people out there that need to hear this. Idols create a brokenness and a hunger in us. Jesus is the vine, and when you separate from the vine, you separate from the source, okay? When you unplug your phone charger from your phone, what happens? It dies. And in the same way, when we get unplugged from the Lord, we slowly start to die spiritually, Okay? We feel like God is distant. We feel like God has abandoned us when truly it was us who've separated ourselves from him. You are told to, quote unquote, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Does that sound familiar? Isaiah 59 too. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. God with a capital G. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Man, that is scary and powerful. Psalms 107.9, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Well, that's much better if we're seeking and drinking and feeding from him. Psalm 16.11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Here's some Christian quotes about idolatry that I picked out. You may not agree with the people that spoke them, um, but hopefully these will resonate. There's just a few of them. Uh, first one, Paul Washer says, if you want to follow Jesus because he'll give you a better life, that's idolatry. Follow Christ for the sake of Christ. He is worthy. Idolatry is seeking security and meaning in someone or something other than God. John Calvin said, for what is idolatry if not this? To worship the gifts in place of the giver himself. Wow. Charles Spurgeon, false gods patiently endure the existence of other false gods. Dagon can stand with Bel and Bel with Ashtaroth. How should stone and wood and silver be moved to indignation? But because God is the only living and true God, Dagon must fall before his ark. That's a, from the Bible. Bell must be broken in the Bible. And Ashtaroth must, must be consumed with fire. Those, all those things happened. A.W. Tozer, an idol of the mind, is as offensive to God as an idol of the hand. Wow. Talk about conviction. 
Okay, Matthew Henry. I have, I have a few more. Uh, well, we make we make a god out of whatever we find most joy in. So find your joy in God and be done with all idolatry, John Piper. If we make an idol of any creature, wealth, or pleasure, or honor, if we place our happiness in it and promise ourselves the comfort and satisfaction in it, which are to be had by in God only, if we make it our joy and love, our hope and confidence, we shall find it a cistern, which we take a great deal of pains to hew out and fill, and at the best, it will hold but a little water, and, and that dead and flat and soon corrupting and becoming nauseous. Uh, Matthew Henry. A.B. Simpson said, as long as you want anything very much, especially more than you want God, it is an idol. The essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thoughts about God that are unworthy of him. Man, A.W. Tozer again. I'm going to finish with one last one from D.A. Carson. I fear that the cross, without ever being disowned, is constantly in danger of being dismissed from the central place it must enjoy by relatively peripheral insights that take on far too much weight. Whenever the periphery is in danger of displacing the center, we are not far removed from idolatry. So my final statement and question for today's podcast is this. Hang with me a few more minutes. Do you walk with him and talk with him along that narrow way? As that beautiful hymn once read, and just hang with me another minute or two, folks. Listen to this. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he's living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy and I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. And he lives, and he lives. Christ Jesus lives today, and he walks with me, and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. And you ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care, and though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that his is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. And he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. And you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. So rejoice and rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ, the King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good, and so kind. He lives and he lives and Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way and he lives he lives, Jesus Christ lives today. And he walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. And when you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. What a beautiful hymn. You know what? Someone needs to hear the following today. And I'll end the show with this. Someone 
that's listening has unknowingly needed to hear this for so very long. Take a listen. 88, you asked me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Let's sing it together. Here you go, sing. I serve So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. If you'd like to reach out to me, please call me directly at 407-493-3208. You can also email me at ben at shaken-awake.com or just check out the show at shaken-awake.com. Until next time, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all.
So before we end today's show, 